Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 202. On the way, we have a recap and ricochet... Or is it officially all just the morning after now? Well, I think all the morning afters. It's just the morning after Keep the Saturday simple, night. Keep it simple, stupid. Great That's what point. I'm thinking for myself. Like, eh, why make it confusing? Everybody likes the morning after. Let's just... Stay with what get, well, got us to the dance. After. Exactly. What got let's, us to the let's dance. Derek Brunson it. <laughs> so, we had a fun night of fights. 12 of them in awe coming out of Ottawa, Canada. Unfortunately, I'd say... Uh, this is probably one of our worst showings that we've had in a little while. And by worse, I mean dead 50%. So even money. On our worst night, it's even money on here. Are we 6 of 12 or 6 of 13? How many It was fights? 12. Oh, whew. Exactly. And we whew. both were split up with 6 apiece. So All over the place. It was everywhere. <laughs> it was everywhere. But there was some fun finishes. Uh, got a little decision heavy at times. But the night did show out. In MMA, in general combat sports, I mean, that was one of the heaviest nights we've had in a long time. Boxing, as well as Bellator throwing on, which we didn't even dabble into, but I had some gifts floating around of some gnarly finishes. Did you happen to catch that Raymond Daniels finish in Bellator? Is that the weird elbow? It was a spinning 540 into the elbow. Yes, it was so weird. I even Gorgeous. watching it in slow motion, I it was hard for me to catch what landed. <laughs> it was almost like he was just shocked and then down. Raymond Daniels will do that and throw a lot of those 360 kicks in, uh, finish with a kick, and he's knocked out a few opponents to the body and stuff. But he landed back on his feet, hesitated, and then threw the elbow with a ton of force. I mean, it just caught his opponent completely off guard. And rightfully so, there's heavyweights that aren't going to be able to take that shot. That was absolutely brutal. That young man was on the ground. She can. Did you see the the little bit of the uh, aftermath? No, not at all. Woo! It was a bad one. He got clip, clip. No. But there was a couple fun uh, boxing finishes as well. Some good highlighted boxing that I caught over the weekend. It was more in the two minute type of things. But I think boxing's having a little bit of resurgence. And this goes right into how do you feel about Dana White? Having a picture with a longtime promoter, can't think of his name right now, but he's a longtime uh, boxing aficionado over I have the last no idea week. idea what you're talking about. Ah, it was, <laughs> I believe, the management for Canelo, or it was the boxing promoter for not Golden Boy, like the opposite company of some promoter. But Dana know. White has ties to boxing, and UFC Fight Pass is actually having boxing bouts that are going to be scheduled later on in the year. So Fight Pass not only is going to bring to you MMA, they're bringing jiu-jitsu with all the Eddie Bravo stuff. They're also going into kickboxing and boxing. So I believe uh, at the end of the year show, I had a prediction, and that's checked. Check! Yeah. <laughs> Was that from last year? That from this last year. But didn't from this, everybody that, already? Uh, didn't we already talk about it? That here we already talked about it. Everyone pretty much knew. Yeah, like right, Zufa, maybe it wasn't that bold. Zufa was already. <laughs> wasn't that the same thing? Was it Zufa yep. boxing? And Dana was already wearing the shirt for that at the McGregor promotions when they were doing the Floyd Connor thing. 
I don't know. True, but, true, yeah, true. Cool. Mystic. Mystic. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about anything other than the UFC? Because I'm going to just rev, round up that and then we'll get into breaking down what we ended up watching on Saturday night. I know there was a bunch of boxing. I know there was Bellator fights. I know there was all this, but I only know it as of today. After UFC has cleared, the dust has settled. The cowboy is clearly riding off into the sunset. Tumbleweed rolls by, and um, I don't know. I really have no opinion on any other match that happened that wasn't in the UFC. I didn't even know Canelo was fighting last night, which I felt like that promotion's probably, that's bad promotion. Did you know he was fighting last night? I was aware that he was fighting last night, and it was through that Dan's network where he got a crazy amount of money to just fight. The DAZN? DAZN, there it is. Because he is on DAZN. Who else? There is, is that not Anthony Joshua? Is it, it Broner? They have a heavyweight. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's Anthony Joshua. I don't know if it's, um, I, who is uh, the Gypsy King signed with? Who's? Oh, I don't know. They all have their own, like, that's the problem, I think, with boxing, where I don't feel the resurgence as much, is all the biggest names, we're not going to see the fights we want to see, because they're all signed with different promotions, so I feel like they're all stagnant for the period of time, because the promoters are what's always ruined boxing, and now it seems like not only do we have a bunch of promoters, we also have a bunch of networks. So now, the networks want to be in charge of who's going to air the fight, and this guy's fighting for your network, and this guy's now fighting for my network and everybody has their main guy we're never going to see these guys fight at least for what when they're in their prime right. so it makes me a little bummed out um yeah i don't know i yeah really um tapology.com and they aren't a sponsor <laughs> that's how i knew i was trying to get back to my card from last night and i was like whoa a lot happened last there night. was a ton that ended up happening as well throughout the day it started off my uh feed was blowing up shame my name Twitter shout out is always that lady is watching every single fight highlight and posting it. I am so happy because she she produces some quality stuff. Definitely subscribe and follow. I don't know her actual handle. I just know her shame my name. I think that must be her handle or no way. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm place. asking. <laughs> but uh you there was uh I guess none good and, enough to talk about. And um I was mildly roasted for saying that we'd be here on time um, by Evan Montgomery on Twitter, <laughs> that which I did say. And then I, I thought the same as everything. You can say it and it's fine. Nothing's going to happen this week. We're good. Yep. We're in the clear. Nothing's going to happen. But I have realized what I'm going to blame it on. That goddamn Night King. <laughs> God damn Nike. The whole time. Now that he's dead, maybe we're fine. This will get out on time. Like it's true. King Mer of the North. Mercury is no longer in retrograde. I know. It's almost like the uh TV Aholics version of Mercury in retrograde it was like we just waited so long for this, we thought we couldn't do anything else in the Sunday. We we're like, we don't even have time to podcast. Game of Thrones is gonna start soon. <laughs> it's like two PM. I uh, know there's <laughs> definitely been a lot of life that has happened in I between know, that as well. <laughs> it wasn't just the night game. I'm trying to make a joke. It was a good one, but <laughs> just hey. We, we coming at you. We coming at you. So we're going to have another week of fights coming right around the corner. So if you haven't liked and subscribed, be sure along because we're going to Brazil with Rose Namajunas versus 
Jessica Andrade, and that's going to be a hell of a fun one. I dabbled in it a little bit this morning, and I'm like, whoo, this weekend was a little bit of stiff competition, but money to be made, like at most weekends, in the UFC coming up. Anything else before we get into this 12-card bout coming out of Ottawa? I do not think so. Is there any other... I mean, there's tons of other news in the MMA. Oh, we'll, da- we'll we get into it. We won track mine. We won track mine. Exactly, exactly. So it started off, again, at the 135-pound bout with debuting Cole the Smith. The Cormier-Miochitz of... But we talked about it last time and I was hating on it because of the Brock Lesnar when they were saying he was retired. I'm like, oh, that means Cormier Lesnar. Like it definitely Uh means Cormier Lesnar. But Cormier Miocic is official. I thought that was like, all right. In August? Wrong again, toilet breath. (laughs) I'll take it. So I will watch it as well. Cormier has been looking a little beefy. Little bit beefy, so he's definitely got to get into a training camp. How many more fights do you think Cormier has after this Miocic fight? Two. Okay. I still think John Jones and Brock Lesnar, uh, but I almost think it's better if he fights John Jones. This is what I do. If Brock tells me he has two more fights left, or even one more fight left, I make DC fight John Jones the third time, and I let the winner of that fight fight Brock Lesnar. That sounds horrible. Did Brock Lesnar even come back at all? I'm just like, ugh. Well, I'm not into it at all. You know how I fucking hate Brock Lesnar. I'm just saying for business matters, if you're going to have him come back at all, you're going to make far more money if he's fighting John Jones in D.C. And if everyone everyone wants to see John Jones versus D.C. 3 at heavyweight anyway, so it's like, why D.C.'s fighting this, you let John Jones clear out the division, solidify that, give him enough time to kind of move up, which gives D.C. all the you know, benefits in the world of being the heavy, you know, he, that's the hardest he's going to be for John to fight. And then the winner of that will build up that much more steam to fight the one guy who we were just talking about last time being a top three draw. So I'm not really into it, but if you, if Brock tells you, look, I have one more fight that I'll fight for you. I just am, I'm not, I'm going to save that for a minute. I'm not just going to drop it on DC as much as everyone wants to say, DC's a company man. He should get that fight. He wants that fight. I agree. But when has the UFC ever cared about the fighter (laughs) ever? True. Like, let's, you know, so anyways, that's, um, that's my two cents. (laughs) <laughs> and we can finally I'll stop holding you up get into this card on to the debuting fighter who came through if you're following at Zoltanite you're getting a free bet plus 105 closing lines on Cole Smith you got one it came through only free bet of the night and woo, it cashed oh I feel good about that one out of all the six of them that I got right one of the underdogs did you underdogs. have Cole Smith on air I did have Cole Smith on air I had Cole Smith on air too and then I doubted this is my whole night is all doubt and I let the favorites pull me over. I doubted my picks on air and let people's favorite, you know, it just... It's the hazard at times of listening to other podcasts. How can there... I have this many underdogs to win. Totally. That's what I... I got nervous. I got nervous. Like, the same thing. You're like, you're going to have leftover money. Should have listened to that. Exactly. Exactly. But I didn't have this fight anywhere anyway. But nonetheless, I was nervous at Cole Smith and I went with Gagnon and... Man. I like the fight. Kind of how we were predicting here. Cole Smith ended up really digging in and pushing the gas tank of Mitch Gagnon, who, after the first round, pretty much looked like he was starting to lose that fight. There was some fun ground transitions, but Gagnon was getting the worst of that. And 
that's just a testament to how far the game has moved in his uh, sequence of layoffs. He's just kind of stayed rudimentary wrestler with good ground advantage, but that's just the basic now for these new guys. These new guys have all that plus a bag of chips, and they're able to put it on you. I loved uh, Cole Smith was even in trouble at times in there in a guillotine, I believe, um, and ended up pulling through really well. Mitch Gagnon was done after that guillotine, but uh, Cole Smith also got hurt in the third round. Gagnon's corner said, hey, you got to finish this guy because you're down in the cards to two, even though first round could have been split, some people say, but I had it. Cole Smith went in two. And Gagnon knocked down Cole Smith, made him do the chicken dance for a split second, but Smith immediately went down for a single leg and uh, ended up turning it into a grind fest, almost got a couple neck cranks in there. So I'm surprised Mitch Gagnon didn't retire at this point, but I don't know if I necessarily see him even coming back. If he is, I'm going to probably end up fading him again just because I'm not seeing, I'm not liking what I see from Gagnon at this point in his career. I love what Cole Smith said at the end of it, that this is 1-0. 7-0 meant nothing. He's not 7-0 or 7-1. He's 1-0 in the UFC because this is where it matters. So this is his official career. I love it. That's a hungry fighter. Keep on rolling, Cole Smith. He's going to do some good teep kicks. He did a really fun inside upward teep kick to the body that I haven't really seen people throw. Maybe Anderson Silva is the only one I've ever seen. He snuck it in. Really sneaky. Look back at the tape. Fun kicks from Cole Smith. What would you take away from this matchup at the end of the night? Did you uh, think Cole Smith had didn't, – didn't, I could be wrong in mixing up a fight. Didn't he have Mitch in a couple of uh, really tricky submissions all of round one? Wasn't he kind of maintaining control in this round? I can't remember exactly right when it was so there early was, in the it, night. Yeah, it was, and there were so many fights that would just went the distance where you really had to pay attention. Uh, are, do you like everything you saw from Cole Smith, or are you not that impressed with Mitch where you're like, meh, it wasn't a good enough win in your UFC standards? I think it was a good enough win because of the fact that Gagnon was able to land that left and actually have power behind it. It just showed uh, the caliber of Smith of just like, Whoa, I got rocked, and he didn't just give up and uh, give up the submission, even though Gagnon went for it as well when he was hurt. Uh, I think Gagnon in the third round also went for a super hard guillotine when he was hurt, and uh, I I liked what I saw from Cole Smith. I think he can do that. It was a good stepping stone in Gagnon, but I think as an underdog, Cole Smith's going to be undervalued, and I don't see him being that big of a favorite either. I think that uh, as well. I think he's going to be really sneaky, and people aren't even going to remember him at all in his next fight. And he's going to be, he's going to be a guy that's really hard to get out of there, and yeah. at least go to decision and be like a guy that you can get for six nine seven two on exactly. DraftKings, and you're going to know he goes to decision even in a loss. So with high output, yeah, and could have really good cardio. We don't know what he feels like in there against a wrestler the caliber of Gagnon. So I actually like what I saw from Cole Smith, and. Um, yeah, kudos to him. Good pick. Good pick. Definitely a fun one. At 265 pounds. That's why you should be following Zoltan tonight. You would have had that money. You could have put that on with any parlay and done yourself some good. Well, maybe not an inside the distance prop, which was a prop bet that I give out. I don't give out too many, but I didn't feel like I had enough free bets. Um. So I put out just inside the distance prop. I went second round plus 600 
because I thought Adams was going to be able to finally accumulate, get his size going in there at 265 pounds oh, this against one. Arjan Buller. I wasn't Buller. talking about this one. I was talking about the last one. Oh, I agree. <laughs> and I'm saying right after it, oh. I gave you an inside the distance prop just to be like, here you go. Here's another one. Wasn't an That's official pre-pick. That's very honest of you. I wasn't going to throw you down river like oh, that. Hey, I, I got to. I was just touting up your... <laughs> But it's... Uh, a prop bet that didn't come through because Bullard ended up wrestling this one through. Got two takedowns in the fight. But there was split uh, decision written all over it. There was a lot of fans that actually booed this bout. A lot of people online I saw that were saying that Adams won. The strike advantage, Adams did win in all three rounds. But he was taken down. And that's where it's iffy on how much a judge considers a takedown. Is it worth 10 strikes? Is it worth 5 strikes? When does it even out? I know. We debate about this all the time on the show for everything. <laughs> and, and you could probably pull tape of both of us standing on both sides of this firmly. So, I, yeah, I don't know. What you would take away from Bullard in this spot and Adams, because I think it's all Adams post-fight. He cuts down to 265 pounds, and then he goes and eats sweet rolls and uh, candy, and he's just eating junk food. So, his gas tank looks like it in there. After the first round, he was spent. Like, is it time maybe that he goes to... Is he at a, in quote, like, real camp right now? I thought he was at Fortis. I could be wrong. I am, I have no idea. I wouldn't even make a guess. Um, He's at a Houston, Texas at a Paradigm. To me, it looked like he when he went for the takedown and couldn't get him, he was just completely defeated. And then he had no game plan for after that. And for uh, Buller to be able to use... Uh, the other thing, I want to say Juan's size, but I was actually surprised at how uh, equally sized they look in there. I didn't think the Kraken looked as big as my imagination said he was going to look against Bullard come ring time. I felt like... Really? I thought it was huge discrepancy. I still thought that he looked like a Nephilim, know. and it was like David he and Goliath. He was bigger. I think he was bigger, but I was just like kind of... Bullard just seemed to Bullard use had, advantage. had a good shape to him. And there was just times where I'm like, well, he's got a good gas tank. That's good. But he doesn't look like a gen, like 155 pound guy. <laughs> like, he looks soft in the body, but his cardio held up. His chin held up. He ate some massive uppercuts in there. Massive shots. But after that first round, Adams was just staying up doing well. But he can shorten up a lot of his game. I do think he needs to maybe travel around a little bit and diet, diet, diet. He looked a little soft in the body to me as well. Adams, even though he's a big guy, yeah. he looks soft and I'm like, oh dude, you could fix that real quick, quick fast in a hurry. Walk around at 265 and be Naganu type size. I was kind of surprised at how easily uh, Bular. I felt like Bular won, and I had Adams everywhere. Me so too. I wanted to be biased of it, but I was. And the output was more, but maybe. Um, the takedowns are valued more? Well, the takedowns he got too, but he also had almost, you know, I would say not quite double the percentage of accuracy. Um, but it was huge when he when he threw a shot he was more likely to land the shot and so that had to have mattered somewhere uh, maybe the hair to some that seems like an advantage also makes the shot look more devastating because we all also like do you tap 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 and then somebody else lays I thought Bullard was laying killer uppercuts. Yeah, uh, sneaky as well. inside uppercuts. Um, Good jabs from both guys. You know, 
I don't hate Juan Adams going forward. I'm glad he's a young guy, and I'm excited to see his growth. I actually just was more excited about Buller on this fight. I think you have... He took some power shots from an enormous guy, and maybe uh, you sneak him in as an underdog. I think he's going to sneak through as an underdog. I don't think people are going to put a lot of faith in him. I don't... That we loss just is hurt <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Wizard Nick got it. him in an omoplata. It just hurts. I'm just like, ugh. Against somebody who's crafty on the ground, Boulard might be... Might, that might be the spot to play against him, but against a striker, wrestler, you don't got to worry as much, apparently, with Boulard. He can take so the shot. do we still want Juan Adams versus... Uh... Dan Hardy? Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy. No, I want Derek Lewis. What about uh, who who just won tonight? One of our... press. I think Preston Everfit said, how about not Juan Adams, but who knocked out... Uh, First round knockout. Walt Harris. What about Walt Harris? We'll get there when we get there. Well, I know, but it's like because we just brought up Greg Hardy again. Sure. Walt Harris, if he looks the way he looked last night, yes. But Walt Harris is one of these guys that will sometimes come out very tentatively and go to the split decision and other times blow his opponents out of the water. And you're like, oh, where's this guy been? So So wherefore, Arjun Buller? I do like him going forward, but like I'm saying, uh, somebody with a crap, a Frank Mir type of fighter, a heavyweight with actual submission, seaweed type of guy, Bullard might be out of uh, his range, but a wrestler striker, Bullard's a guy that is an underdog that's going to come through. Maybe not so much. Maybe Juan Adams is an underdog. I don't underdog think the seaweed happens to Bullard again, only because I think he was a guy that was comfortable with his wrestling and his defense of it, yep. that he... Um, Wezerick seaweed is so freaking long that right. I don't think... I think... He won't do it again. He, he It's almost like he was taking his skill set for granted and got a little too comfortable. Boulard with said that. that as well. And he said, oh, he was so he thought he was winning that fight so comfortably that all of a sudden he was like, oh, I'm done. That I'm got calling me. the quicksand. It got me. But definitely I'm going to be betting on both of these guys moving forward. You like them both? Still. Still, still decision with the I'm amount of output. I'm going to shy away from Juan Adams a little bit. And I don't care if the fans... Will you remind me? You guys feel free to tweet at me if... Uh, at Weakneck Baby. Yeah, feel free to tweet that if I'm, like, as high on him after this fight. I did not like what I saw from Juan Adams. I just thought he looked kind of lazy in there. That post-fight splurge of junk food might not be paying off in the end. But I did like Juan Adams, how he came out in the second round like an explosion. Yeah. I did like that, so. And he did get up off the ground at one point in time, almost reversing I like them both. I just, I don't think you can underestimate them both. It was a dirty grind in there, and they threw shit. To me, it was a busy fight for heavyweight. That's what I'm saying with Adams. You're right. He still threw You're right. No hate strikes. on either guys. I like them both. They both really had a high output for their size. Yeah, I, yeah in a few years, we're going to be like, wow, these guys fought. Remember when they fought a few years ago and went to decision? Look, at this is the second fight of the night. I'm as far we're going on yeah we're excited but so it was exciting enough especially at this size definitely well i had adams everywhere all but like two or three which saved me (laughs) because i was like what i need to do is learn to back off of people oh my gosh this was one of those oh i had a poo poo night i I haven't lost in a really long time i didn't win on one card yeah, luckily we're going to be able to redeem ourselves this coming up weekend. I didn't but win on one card. Rough. I didn't go crazy heavy, but I did play a couple of big cards, and it hurt. It hurt um, that I didn't even place. I didn't even place. Uh, but six of twelve. 
And the ones that I said go heavy on, like the ones I said to put on my card, were all like 44, 40, 40.5, but you know. It Anyways, hurt. One girl, one girl that came through, but she was expensive as hell. All right. <laughs> so the next fight at 145 pounds was Matt Salas coming in against Kyle Nelson, finishing this in the third round with three minutes, 16 seconds, arm triangle choke. Salas, Salas, Sales ended up really piecing apart Kyle Nelson the entire fight. He he was rocked in that first round a couple times, but that was going both ways. Both of these guys hurting each other, but by the end of it, Salas was more comfortable in the pocket, throwing with tons of heat. Robo. That's he, his nickname. Really? So Robo was definitely way more comfortable. I like the combinations he was setting up, especially the exits on the strikes. And Nelson just looked like he wasn't UFC caliber. But I also think that Robo is going to be somebody to look out for with striking-wise. He is a little undersized. He doesn't like to make the cut. That might work out for him. He might be one of those guys that's just like a Court McGee type of a figure. He's not, he's not going to blow you out of the water, but he has fundamentals that are crisp and throws a fast right hand down the middle. That'll catch a lot of guys. I think we have a live, live underdog. But he was 9,100 on DraftKings, so I only put him on a couple spots because I didn't think he was going to show out getting about 96 points over at the night. I didn't put Nelson anywhere, so that worked out. Nelson, I think he might still lose a couple other fights. He was a dog in there though he hit Salas he didn't give up there was a bunch of crazy ground transitions and uh I he's still middling I like what do I saw you think more Salas, Salas. could have just been that fast and that Nelson just didn't know what to do with him uh, yeah there was part of Nelson that I guard. really liked his form I like when he was landing punches he had a nice uppercut I felt like he looked like he had a lot of power uh he just looked completely out um sped I don't want to. Yep. It's like. Uh, he was beaten to the punch every time. Every, every time. time. Yep. I almost felt like Agreed. Matt Sales or Salas, see, Robo. I, <laughs> I I felt like he just could land three punches almost to Kyle Nelson's one. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think both guys aren't going to be big by name. I don't. I think Kyle Nelson's going to be a hard guy. Even though he was finished at the tail end of this, I think he's going to be a. Just a grimy guy. He's going to be one of those good punching bags going forward that you're like, hey, you want a lot of points? Pick the guy going against him because he's not going to be finished easy if he's in a stand-up fight. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'm interested in Robo going forward to see what he's got. He has nice speed. Uh, he looked good everywhere. And for some reason, I feel like just I want to believe that he made Kyle Nelson look bad and Nelson's still a live dog. That's how I oh, want to feel about it. So him doing that, I want to feel better than him walking through some can. I feel like Kyle Nelson just looked good in places in there. He really did. He did not just look like a who was that last one we saw against Hardy. He wasn't freaking, I don't even remember that garbage man's name. Smitlikov. Smitlikov. So, <laughs> um, moving on to 170 pounds, we have Nordin Taleb. Come in against debuting short notice replacement Kyle Propolek. Propolek, just like Kyle Nason, um, Kyle and Nelson. This is just too new made of a, a good win, show. Though, real quick for Robo for us to even say who he fights next. It's just still a little too fresh. He can fight anyone. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Anyone, Sorry. anyone. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. Kyle Propolek 
He's one of these guys that in a loss actually made a good name for himself and Nordin Tablet was a huge favorite for a lot of reasons but really started to look his age in there. As we were saying, he was fast, throws a lot of kicks. That speed's really starting to go with Taleb and he's using a lot of great technique in there. Still has power and his gas tank is starting to look like it's getting at its limits where Kyle Propolix really started to put it on in that third round and in a loss. I like what I see. More so than Nelson moving forward, I think Propolek had a better showing in this loss, even though it was decision, especially on short notice. Like him at 170 pounds, I think Taleb was a good test. He went all three rounds now with a longtime UFC veteran, and it's like, okay, now I know what to do. This is where we're going to see a guy like Propolek jump these first couple fights in uh, experience. Do you put him in your... Um Ones to watch. Yeah. No, no, he's not that. He ain't that. He ain't that shiny. <laughs> but he's a guy that definitely I it, you got keep an eye on. He was doing a lot of fun stuff in there. I couldn't tell you this one. It was a decision. I couldn't tell you the exact combinations. Some of them ended up even and out throughout the night. As far as like what I remember seeing, I'm like, what punch combination was that? Was that Nelson Propolek or I freaking? I know it's so crazy. <laughs> Is it because all white people look alike? Yes. <laughs> yes that is exactly why <laughs> so i definitely think uh nordin taleb is gonna beat these younger guys in there but he's not getting well he had a fight with a veteran in there but i think taleb's on that fadish train this is three in a well he was on a two-fight losing streak he won this against a debut fighter but i think soon i'm gonna be betting against him because again out of the two, I didn't like what I saw more from Taleb. What did you take away in general from this one? Um, this was definitely a dogger dogger pass situation. And um, I had Taleb decision, but I was on the fence about it and think I had an underdog, but then stuck with what I know. I don't remember. I don't even remember breaking these down because all white people look like. <laughs> I didn't say so, it. So, yeah, uh, Taleb decision, but I, um, that I... Yeah, it was that. I don't think it's arguable, but I like Propolet going forward. I don't think it was a walkthrough fight, and Taleb will still be one of those names on a card, but I, I still have faith in like guys like Jim Miller, and um, I should have faith in other guys that we'll talk about later on. <laughs> it's I think every old dog has its day, and it seems to be an old dog's day right now in UFC. It has been, unless you're under Arlovsky. I know, he did get robbed. Highway robbery. Uh, we were there for that. I'm going to tie my shoe. Carry on. <laughs> so, at 135 pounds, we had two returning fighters in Vince Morales coming in against Armin Zahabi. The Zahabi name taking this young man further than we said it with Shevchenko. We've said it with all these Tamuras brothers and family members of people that have high names in there they get a little extra rub they turn into the minus 170 favorite and you have a grinding guy in there morales who is losing by decision only a finish to some elite guys but willing to take that step it up and show out he was one of the underdogs of the night that came through i ended up going decision was a hobby i thought the crowd would end it up turning this into Same. a better showing for him and Morales did what he needed to in there to get the win. Got the takedowns out of the fight and takedowns over out throughout the night. The judges were counting those equally, if not more so, than strikes. And generally, I'm okay with that as long as everybody could do that. There's commissions where it's a takedown is what? Is it is that a leg kick? Is a takedown worth a leg kick? Are they the same thing? So judging overall throughout the night, how did you feel like it went? 
Um, I didn't hear too many. I didn't think it was as much heat as UFC Fort Lauderdale by any means. I didn't. I think I there agree. might have been one boo ish like question oh, throughout the night. Yeah, right? but other than that, everything. The refs nice. did. I we... agreed most of the time. Right. Did we see much from the I refs? Think maybe even all the time. I was surprised at that, that I agreed. I think they favored wrestling in this. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, which is so rare for, yeah. I genuinely would be like, okay, but most of the time I have to skew my betting to commission-ish type of stuff. So we got to remember Canada, they like the takedowns. They takedowns. So anything left with Telev over Propolect? Or no, I mean Morales a hobby. Um, going forward, what no, are we gonna do I really with the hobby? Like Morales going forward in the hobby. Um, I'll feel the exact same way about both guys. I wish I would have. I feel like I had Morales at one point. I might not have on air. I might have waffled, uh, which could very well be. But I really like him going forward in the hobby. Exactly. Well, very well said. I think the Shevchenko reference is per, like per, spot on. So. I stayed away from this on DraftKings and it ended up working out, but I feel like we told most of you guys, oh, this one might be a little inflated overall. I wish I would have pulled the trigger on Morales as well. Uh, maybe if they give Zahabi another fight, it's going to be like, okay, cha-ching, let's... But he, everyone might see that by that point. Moving on to 135 pounds, we had a scare at the weigh-ins with Macy Chiesong coming in against Sarah Moras. Macy coming in a pound overweight. She had one hour to lose that pound and ended up losing it. So she weighed in with the, what is it, uh, ring of shame? <laughs> that little weird curtain, curtain like Karate Kid 1. Exactly. His Halloween costume. <laughs> so she missed it, had an hour, made it. And I got a little, let be, conspiracy theory for you because I've seen this happen before where... Somebody kind of tried to lose weight, was like, all right, I went and sweated like two hours before because they hadn't really experienced it. Kelvin Gastelum was one of these guys. Look on the Tough House what he did. But all of a sudden, he's like, hold on, um, an hour, let me go sit down on the toilet and see what I can make happen. And I've seen a whole pound come off. Maybe it was more like 0.8, but still, almost rounding up, almost a whole pound cut off. That means half an hour worth of jogging. I feel like Chase on was in that same level. All of a sudden, she made it work, sweated it out, made weight, and ended up coming through as a, one of the biggest favorite, if not the biggest favorite of the entire night over Morass. But it was a scary showing, just like the weigh-in. That first round was all more ass. She handled Chase on on the ground. I was pretty scared Chase on actually coming out in that second round with a swollen left eye. I think there was a lot of people that really uh, started to be like, ooh, my money's in trouble at 700. Morass is really dominating on the ground. And we thought, I specifically was saying that she usually ends up getting reversed or in bad positions. And she didn't. She actually held up pretty well. But eventually, Chase on was able to finish Morass in round number two. What do you end up taking away from this one with the decided favorite? I had it exact going exactly how I, I thought it was going to go exactly like that. I gave uh, Morass a little credit uh, for the first round. Um, I would like to see Kiesan or Chiesan, tomato, tomato, whatever. Uh, I'd like, I really like to see, uh, I, I want to know what camp she's at. I can do this research right now. I would like to get her in, into a little something. For this MMA. Oh, and you and you like you like this? Yeah, Fortis has Diego Ferreira and a bunch of other underdogs that have come through for us. Fortis has been 
showing out. Oh, good for them. Maybe that camp switch is happening. Uh, Yeah, then I I do like a lot of the reversals that she did. Uh, She uses her length to her advantage. Uh, I think that Sarah Marais came in so fast that it really flustered Macy, but I'm glad she, what, this is her second real fight in the UFC? Well, she was on the tough house. Yeah, that's a little different, though, than the whole she arena. She won it, so. but yeah, she won the tough house in the arena, and then she won her last fight, so this so is third, her third. Third, okay. Um, yeah, I think I, I'm impressed she's a young, and I like her ring IQ in there. I love that she got it done in the second round. I think a lot of people are saying this is the furthest she's gone so far in one of her UFC fights. No, I feel like her first one went into the second or third as well. She won by submission. I could be wrong on that. But. I don't know. I don't know at all. I, maybe I misheard it and it could be from a totally another fight. But I liked it. Uh, I still like Macy going forward. And I actually think Maras could be a little sneaky underdog. She did blow her wad. She was totally gassed. So she didn't even put up much of a fight out there in the second round. But she definitely made it frightening. She had a lot of people uh, uh, poo-poo in day pay uh, Having a little poutine yeah. in their pants. A hundred percent. I was one of those because I had some other parlays just like, boom, 700 my ass, damn. Yeah. <laughs> minus 700. But moving forward, still going to be more than likely betting heavy with Chie San. More as I'd like I know, what you're I saying. I got my hair cut and you, we both got our hair cut like her this week. We True. Like, let's go get our Macy haircut. <laughs> uh, a gentleman never tells. A gentleman never tells. <laughs> moving on to 185 pounds. We have Andrew Sanchez coming in against debuting... Peralt, the debuter, had an okay showing, but Sanchez really used his wrestling to get it done in here. The grappling advantage went to Sanchez in there, and uh, he got hit a couple times. I actually really liked what I saw from Peralt in there. I thought, as I was saying, first round, he tends to give away. I was expecting that. What I was more expecting was Sanchez was going to gas, as he traditionally does, and he wasn't. Andrew Sanchez actually put a really wrestling-centric game plan in there with some good striking and was able to avoid a lot of power shot. Not all. Sanchez was hurting there a little bit at times, but I think that was a tribute to Barat just getting after it. In the second and third rounds were by far his best rounds, but again, the grappling ended up taking over this one. I'm still tentative with Sanchez. I still saw him get hurt against the debut fighter. I still just... There is... I don't know if, know if I'll ever see him making that title run. I, I just, like Baralt in there. I like what I saw from him. I totally agree. So I expect to see somebody get hurt when they're going in against a guy that I think's pretty good as well. I thought his power was okay, and I was actually impressed with the amount of power shots that Andrew Sanchez was walking, like taking. I yep. kept waiting for any one of the shots he took to drop him to his knees, but he just kept forward pressure, forward pressure, forward pressure. I thought... Guys at this size, I know there are still 185ers, which is toward, you know, that smaller end where they should have that cardio. I was impressed with how many they were throwing all the way till the end. This was not a boo-worthy fight. And we have another 185 later on in the night that, you know, some did get boo-worthy about. Which we called 100%. 100%. But I really liked what I kind of saw from both guys, and I think they both can be sneaky underdogs going forward. Even though Sanchez was the favorite in this, I just think both dogs are going to be hidden where people... They're going to be dogs in their next fight. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I kind of like them both. I I thought they were both grimy. I thought they both took power shots. Mm -hmm. I didn't think they both looked exploited anywhere. Um, 
I, I feel like Switzerland in this where so much of tonight's fights, I felt like I was more impressed with both guy than not. They just put in grime fests. I totally like, agree. Just some grime fests. It was, a, it was a good showing. This. It was definitely a good showing for all the fighters, and that's uh, it's hard to take away. Nobody looked completely outclassed in there, even with that big favorite of the night. Morass more than showed that she was not a minus 700 type of a fighter. Uh, so... With I like what you're saying. Moving forward with both of these guys in Sanchez and Baral. And I was gonna say no one really got exploited. It well except one guy. Uh, there was one throughout the night at 265 pounds. We had Walt Harris coming in and being the Walt Harris we all want him to be. The Walt Harris he needs to be. The Walt Harris he could be. But he did have a debut fighter in Spivak coming in. We need Walt Harris for president. <laughs> you like that? You I like know, that? That was good. Was build up. I was like, I'm in. I'm voting for Walt Harris. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hype life. Living that hype life. Be careful. Just because we said this, the Clintons are going to off them. Oh, come on. Come on. Now that they know my real name. Now that they got my real name, it's rough. Are we going into the main card? We're already into the main card. Are we? And we haven't told anyone. Make sure you're following him at Zol tonight and me at Weakneck Baby and us at Lesbo and the Bean all on Twitter. Or you can follow us on Instagram at L-A-T-B underscore M-M-A. And make sure you're also following latherandcompany.com. Very, very true. That that be 15 code will get you 15% off domestic is free shipping. We're working on that international. We just need more. We need more people to order. $25 or more though. Boom. There it is. And um, I'm trying to, I know there's a few bars out. I've been trying a few bars. We've gotten a couple samples that we have been using and loving. And uh, I actually had other bars of soap inside my shower and I use those a few times and they made me feel all dehydrated that I was just like I need my lathering company I'm spoiled now I need my moisturizing lathering company so um you guys should definitely check it out and there's some holidays coming up where you could use the lab b15 and get yourself some deals definite deals one of those guys that was a deal throughout your DraftKings throughout the night was Walt Harris. He ended up getting a first round finish. I mean, this was 50 seconds. Walt Harris just threw punches and Spivak couldn't take any of them. Can't really break down Spivak in this because it was a quick one. Can't really break down Harris because it was fast. And moving forward, do you want Walt Harris to fight Greg Hardy? Because if he does that, yes. Yes, I yes, yes, I want that gonna, fight. I think he's so much better than Greg Hardy everywhere. I can't imagine it to go any other way. But aren't they training partners? Aren't they both American top team? I have no idea. I will actually press Walt Harris right now. I feel like he has been, but he might have recently moved from top team. Uh, We're making He was there for years. Uh, yeah, you know. You know where all of them are. Yeah, he was. I, I feel like he oh, was. Wait. Fighting out of Homewood, Alabama. He recently moved over because he was spent some time. I remember when they were profiling Horiguchi. One of the funnest uh, little interactions they had was Koji Horiguchi had plates. And he was just amazed how big old Walt Harris, who ate a ton of food, had paper plates and would buy paper plates and throw them away instead of washing his own dish where horiguchi would have one cup one dish and one fork and in the japanese culture that's like the travel in samurai you got what you need where harris was just a glutton and horiguchi was just like 
What what do Americans do? Why do you guys do this? And Harris is like, I don't do dishes. The big ticket. The big ticket don't do dishes. You know, I actually think the big ticket can fight forward. And uh, Juan Adams on a loss, in my opinion, gosh, is he better than Greg Hardy? Or is Greg Hardy better than him in the rankings? Greg Hardy's going to be better because of his name. He's going to be moving up those rankings. Yeah, it it crawls him up faster. But... I don't know if Walt Harris on a win and Greg Hardy on a win. It just seems like Walt Harris is just next level over Greg Hardy. But I'm into it. Anyone they want to... I can't wait till he starts getting to this stretch of, like, real MMA fighters, like, start swinging through. I I can't wait. So, yeah, if you give me Walt Harris, Greg Hardy, I will be watching. I will be watching that fight. Definitely. Ah. 135 pounds, we had Mirab Dakishvili coming in against Brad Katona, the Sarah Longo disciple, coming in, being a fun Instagram follow, just genuinely seems like a pretty nice guy in general, but again, that wrestling coming through, this is a guy who falls back on his wrestling nonstop. I'm never going to learn. I'm never going to learn. <laughs> Didn't you say, oh, the wrestling, the wrestling, the wrestling. I know, I beat myself up. And I even was like, not only wrestling, a, a great wrestler, but also, which, from Dagestan. Like, both of them together, like, it's just so silly. Let me rules for a reason. I hope with people, like, the second when it comes to such a heavy wrestler. But I wasn't the only fool. <laughs> I agree. There was a lot of people picking Katona in this yeah. one. Totally agreed. And it was fairly one-sided. I would say, uh, was it 30-27 for Dakishvili? Um, I don't know. Or 29-28, 29-28, and 30-27. I think you're right. It was 29-28 on a couple cards. Um, some submission attempts from Katona, but he was just really out-positioned throughout most Outworked. of this fight. On top of that. Striking-wise, both of these guys look good, but... Just kind of see some of these gaps in Katona. He is getting better and better. But do you think that being over in Ireland SBG at this point of the SBG career, it's just a flight he might not need? Um, I don't know. I just, I really think Davish Savili is really just that good of a guy. I think he's going to be, he's a dangerous MFR at the bantamweight. I just think he's going to be a very scary gentleman. Yep. Um, we, I think that double loss, and I even knew better when he lost. Even though I do think he was actually put to sleep, I still think his eyes are rolled back. He won the entire fight up until then. Um, and he, a guy we've seen come back like Simone actually looks good of late. Um, so, anyway, I don't want to be too down on Katona just because he lost to a guy that I... I shouldn't underestimate. I'm not even going to put it on anyone else. Me personally, no matter who Davish, uh, Dalish Feely fights next, I'm going to vote for him. <laughs> no Man, matter who. No matter who. I don't even know who would beat him right wow. now. Wow. Or, you know, at the level I was gonna he's say, going through. I was going to say, that sounds like a bet. <laughs> no matter who his next fight is. No matter yeah, who. Yeah, you should put it up. Okay. You're, so that means you're going to go with no matter who he fights. You're no, 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 no. I'm just saying that you are not going to pick him. I don't have him, him forever. I just think where he's at right now, but just no next. matter in his next, right now in the neck of the woods that uh-huh. he's at in the rankings, he beats that neck of the woods. I think this guy easily makes it to a great gatekeeper. I just see him making oh, leaps and bounds. Um, I mean, there's been a couple like guys that have been can, able to yeah. beat him. So he can be beaten there. So it's fun, though. I agree. The wrestling. Not forever, is a heavy but favorite. I'm saying the next fight, no matter who he's I going agree. against, I'm, I'm going to go with him. You're picking with him 100%. Yeah, I thought he looked really good out there. He, he did. looks like he. He did. Um, yeah, he looked, he looked hot. He looked hot. Definitely agree. 
ha, ha. And Katona, I don't want to be too down on him because I just think that Marab looked that good. Agreed, agreed. At 145 pounds, we had a dirty... I had to extra love because I was hating on him a little bit. I had to give him <laughs> some extra love. That is, that's a good amount of love. Uh, the next one, we had a dirty-ass split with Shane Burgos over Cub Swanson. And uh, this one was a little mixed up for me because I did have Cub Swanson as an underdog. Not a free pick because I knew it was going to be a hard one for him. Cub is just looking all a bit of his career. He's been in there in a lot of grueling fights, and he just can't pull the trigger as fast. He doesn't have that gas tank as much and isn't able to uh, absorb the shots and keep moving as forward as he used to. Those looping punches are getting more looping and just telegraphed. And Burgos really looked on point. The Tiger Shulman guy really uh, was picking apart Cub the whole time. And I was as surprised as he was. If you look back at the tape, Shane Burgos was really surprised when they said 30-27 Cub Swanson. And I would agree with that. Because there's no way Cub Swanson won three of those rounds. At best, one. And I think it might have been the first round. But those that second and third round... I. Almost could have been a 10-8 round in that third round, if I remember correctly, with some as of the shots. As much as I was hating on Cub Swanson, I was impressed with how well he looked in there against Burgos. Both guys put on a good showing. It was a grimy fight, and when I looked at the numbers, I was surprised at how close they were. Because my bias, and I don't know if it was just my bias, but I just thought Burgos... And maybe it was that they were had an equal amount of punches, and Burgos's just looked more dangerous and more powerful. Um, well, and Burgos didn't look touched, and Cub Swanson was bleeding from every orifice. Oh, yeah. It, well, you know, a damn shame of that is, like, within the first minute of the fight, Cub Swanson, his right eye already yep. looked like it was, like, it was shut up like a Brooklyn water bagel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 That was a good one. <laughs> so, moving forward with Cub Swanson, time to start to really get on that fade train. I think you were saying was 100% right. I still have this amount of love for Cub Swanson that might not necessarily be there. But Burgos is a beast. Can't take too much away from him because Burgos put in a good game plan. Really look crisp in there. Really throwing that right hand down the middle and having good uh answers to Cub Swanson he didn't go in there with a brawling mentality Shane Burgos put a game plan in there and had better footwork and just be Cub to the punch it was a hard fought bout by both guys but I like Burgos a little bit more moving forward here and I gotta back off of Cub Swanson a little bit more I just it's that time he's been doing it for too long Anything else from this one I don't know I actually feel a little better about Cub than I did going into it I thought they both True. You know what? It's so crazy. Everyone on this card that, you know, made it to their decisions with just so many fights of the night, which made this card really pretty brutal. Yes, it did. Um, that part of it. Uh, but even the people that lost, I feel like, every, and even the people that won, everyone on this card is going to be a great underdog in their next fight. <laughs> That's how I feel pretty much about the whole entire fight It was just a grind card. fest. It was a grind fest, but every guy, no guy's going to get a huge amount of burn from this, which I think there's money to be made in that. Like, the a bunch of guys that gained this much off a fight, because these tedious kind of fight nights... They don't just put these fighters through class. They put us through class. hundred <laughs> percent. Definitely. It was one of those. Do you think there is a bit of that MMA fatigue or not? 
Um, I don't know. Is next week you were saying Rose Brazil. and Andrade, and that fight card looks dope. Yeah, Trinaldo. There's I'm so excited. many names. I, I actually just think maybe that's why I like the UFC Fort Lauderdale. It wasn't just because we were there. I felt like it was peppered with nice, like we had some submissions, we had some knockouts, we had some decisions, we had some. I feel like we were in Decision City. Whew. We were in Decision City. But there were some good ones, though. But there were some good yeah. decisions in there. People oh, yeah. people did show out. show out. But if we had a beat on the night, it was definitely at 185 pounds in the co-main event where we had Derek Brunson come in against Elias Thuradoa. And like I'm saying, I picked him wrong. But that fight style is dead right. And that is a kid brother who's throwing punches as he runs away from you. And that's Elias Thuradoa. He even leaned on Derek Brunson's leg at a point in time. Did you see that gif? No. Where he put his leg, Elias Thuradoa put his left leg out, put it on Derek Brunson's knee, and then just held it straight out with his arm out, like a kid in a doorway. Like, I'm touching your face. <laughs> just a very, I kept hearing the word over and over again, very sloppy fight style. Very sloppy fight style. And just because it's sloppy doesn't mean it's not effective. And I'm like, ooh, I gotta disagree. Have we seen it reach its plateau? Literally turn and run. Did we see that through Elias? Oh, yeah. Right away. First round. There was a Showtime kick in there. <laughs> uh, one thing I have to say that we didn't expect, that we didn't call dead on, uh, was, and this was the changing factor of the entire fight, um, Derek Brunson, which we've seen happen all, this is the year 2019, is the prom, in fact, of dancing with the girl that you brought to the dance. And all of a sudden, Derek Brunson, hey, homie. You played it close. He kept it in his range. He got every takedown. He did it powerfully. Some of those takedowns were unbelievable, knocking the breath out of Elias Theradoa. And I, his forward style wasn't there at all. So that advantageous um, view of Elias's ugly style of turning and running just looked that much worse because of the lack of aggression we saw from Derek Brunson. So... I think we've seen Elias Plateau and Derek Brunson. If this is Derek Brunson, he's a dangerous man again at this weight class. Truth. Truth, truth, truth. And you're so right on that. The wrestling for Derek Brunson finally came through. And we've been waiting for this for years. Did Derek Brunson get sloppy as he usually does? Or did he actually keep his base under him most of this fight? I do think he went over the Henry Hooft or somebody of that caliber. I could be wrong on the specific camp. But I do know that Brunson recently changed. And the announcers were even saying um, that, yeah, people will go to this guy and be like, oh, all of a sudden I feel that my balance is under me. And that's what Brunson needed more than anything. He needed to take those skates off and be like, oh, okay, here I can move in. Oh, wait, I can wrestle. I was a D1 wrestler. Why don't I use this again? Ding, 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 ding. And, exactly. You know, back to our point of where I, back to giving us credit of calling it spot on, is Elias did exactly what we said he was going to do and what you were like. He's going to turn and run, turn and run. But he actually did win the striking battle everywhere, and those leg kicks played a huge part. How, what was the strike differential, or what, what how many more strikes did third? Well, out? total strikes, um, significant strikes percentage wise uh Derek Brunson won he was 63 percent to Elias's 44 but he um only threw 65 strikes to Elias's 87 so um and then significant strikes um he threw less 56 to Elias's 65 so it's those four takedowns that won him the fight all right 14 four brutal takedowns Bullard landed two in one a fight true so 
yeah, wrestling yeah. heavy in Canada, we got to keep that lodged in the memory bank for later on that, hey, they like wrestlers and we like people that wrestle. And you know, it's a, I just feel like, you know, I know fighters are loyal and everything. Um, it really just was a gaping hole in Elias's game. Has been for a long time, but he really does have serviceable takedown defense. But there's just been a lot of guys who get so frustrated, frustrated with his turning and running that they give up on the takedown because they're like, he's not going to be here. He's literally going to be having his back to me. Um, and that's, you'll catch a heel right in the face. Well, that's what I kind of thought, loved what uh, Derek was doing. And I don't know if it's credit to just him or credit to his camp or whoever's breaking down his, his camp, tape. But what camp. I loved, and I'm wondering if anyone else is going to say this, and if you were to look at it, I, I almost wish this is like a million-dollar idea for whatever kind of money or if I'm ESPN. I put a camera directly overhead in the very center of the ring. So the same way that they draw lines for football plays, they could draw fighters' movements coming in. Because what I think that Derek Brunson and his camp broke down is you it, you almost noticed that every time Elias did the turn heel and took his jog away Derek cut off the cage a little yep. bit he was like working his way inside and the second that he worked his way in to get past the dangerous kicks of Elias he was home free on three two and one like getting in uh to you know bullseye point of takedown and yep in that range yeah yeah and just displaying his strength and I, I was actually impressed with him not burning himself out I totally agree I was a big Derek Brunson fan for a while. I've picked him in many fights. Me too. I'm like, except that, like, I, I've been off Elias for a long time. And um, Derek, I wish I would have, I wish I would have stayed off Elias one more. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> but Brunson has burned me enough times that I'm just like, dang it. So there is a lot of uh, people that are going to take a lot away from this fight with Elias and realize like, oh, this is how you beat Elias Thurido because... I don't think his style is going to change. I don't think Elias has it unless he moves camps and maybe he goes to the exact same camp Derek Brunson's at. Yeah, or even train together. I think that would I think that's a great idea. And and it's weird cuz he is a tri-star guy. It's so odd. It's such an odd like nobody in the UFC does it. Nobody yeah. in the UFC does what Elias Cerrado does. Nobody. So Ring boy and all. Ring boy and all. Ring boy and all. He definitely is making his outside life as important as his inside cage life, as it looks like right now. But the main event. Before we get into the main event, let's. Do you have any predictions for Game of Thrones tonight? Oh. I think this is like hot topic. Everybody. Ultra hot topic. So many people are watching it that um, it's like whatever brainwashing. Do we have to go back and talk a little bit about like what we thought in the first ones? Because after I saw Arya do it, Uh. I was like. This is what I think is going to eventually happen is Arya. And, and everyone that thinks spoilers, F off. We don't have any inside, obviously, info. And if, if for whatever reason we predict right, it's the exact same. Go and play it on I'm sure there's some kind of website or casino you can go to and play it. It's easy. Play it the same way. We're not even going to look up the odds. I, actually, there are odds you can look up at who you think is going to sit on the throne, who you... There is. Yeah. I saw that, some of them. And I do think... This is my money. I think it was like plus 600. You can get it on Bovada. It's under entertainment in that bracket. But I might have been minus 12 or 1400 for Arya Stark. And if you're watching the show, 
I do think that it's gonna potentially be Arya or John, but John's the favorite. If there is a favorite, I thought when I saw him, he was like plus 150, nobody's minus money. So John's the closest to being a lock solid. Uh, Arya though, when she did it with the Mason guy, with the metal worker, that's where I'm like, she pregnant. That's where the Red Witch saw it in her and I think that Arya is going to be the throne and then in her belly is going to be now the new era and Jon and the Targaryens might battle it out for the end. But that's my odds. I think Arya and her Mason man are the ones who run it. I'm going to say Arya minus plus 1200. See, I don't think you can give Arya everything. I think they already gave her her thing. Like she already had her thing. I think it's all teamwork. Um... Jon Snow already died once. I know everyone loves him. That seems too easy for me. Agreed. I think Sansa stays the Queen of the North. I do think that happens. So that, um, I don't know how that bet gets. It's almost like a draw because I don't think she's going to lose her queendom either, even though she's not going to sit on the Iron Throne, which I think is the main bet. I don't hate the idea of Cersei because I know things go dark sometimes, but I actually think Cersei's going to um, replace the Night King. Oh, I do think okay. you have to have an ultimate evil. I think that's going to happen again. There, I think also, I wouldn't put it past somehow that one of them has to become the Night Watch again. Right. Like, everything kind of has to go back a little bit to what it was that kept him safe to begin with. And um, even though that Daenerys always says it's the last war. Um, what about Tyrion? What about that little homie? You don't think he could sit? Or you I think, think he's he could. Be hand? I think he's going to be a hand, though, because I think that that disability limits him, that people will, regardless, even with his brain, um, are going to just undermine him. Like, he's just never going to be able to overcome that. I always think back to um, sometimes the littlest lion or something has the biggest bite or something with True. him. True. is interesting. But the other question uh, that's really interesting, we'll move on before all you guys, are, like, flip your cars. Um, I think the other great question is, who will kill Cersei Lannister? Oh, and I'll give you kind of some odds on the Game of Thrones thing. Yes. Um, 42.6% of people think Jon is going to be the one that is the he sits on the Iron Throne. Um, so he's a favorite if there's a favorite. If there is a favorite, he's the one I think that everyone who will rule Westeros, okay? 15.4% uh, people think that it's Daenerys. 13.3% think Sansa. Um, 18.2 think Bran. I think that's a waste of a bet. I agree with Bran. There's no way Bran does anything. There's more likely he's the Night King still. Like, he has to go back. Like, that's why he, um, had the Night King come right to where he's at. There's that whole talk. Uh, Arya only 6.7%, uh, so that's a good underdog for you. I want to go back real quick with Bran just because, uh, <laughs> this is a topic that I, f I am heavy on with Bran that never has made sense to me. Uh, your boy over here works with people with disabilities and wheelchairs. And I'm just like, where do you poop, Bran? Where do you poop? In the fur. <laughs> exactly. Like, who helps him on, who puts him on and off? Like, what? poop goes somewhere, he eats. You never heard the fur, um, term fur trapper? <laughs> <laughs> Dingleberries, I've heard of those. Oh, yeah, that probably yeah, would be too. That's where I'm thinking he's got some uh, good Jamaican dreadlocks going on um, down there. Because it just doesn't make sense to me uh, whether you're the three-eyed raven or not. Raven shit. I'm just, <laughs> that's like. Okay. Uh, the other question, we'll move on real quick from the raven shit. And some people thinking the ravens were flying over. Okay, we're getting too deep. Okay, we're, we're getting, getting too, way we're too getting, deep. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. We don't want to lose an audience. Um, who will kill, kill Cersei Lannister? Do you have a thought? 
Yes, and it is going to be Sansa. Sansa. Cheers on that. I hope it's Sansa. The highest right now that people think, right? Arya Stark, 40%. She, too much already. See, you think already. She's going to be the king. She She's going to be, yeah, she, can, she got the baby in her belly. Uh, 40% think Jamie Lannister. I could see, that was my going to be my second guess was Jamie. That's not bad. Um, Cersei Lannister, suicide, 16.7%. Uh, I was going to say, I could see Jamie killing her and then himself. 14%. This is the very next one, and, you know, um, yours isn't even on here, but I love yours. Oh, wait, 4.8 is Sansa, but I'm going to stop it with this, and I think this is where we'll end our Game of Thrones talk before we go into the main uh, event. Uh, does not perish, 14.3%. I like I that. Like that that might know. be a safe bet. So, yeah. Ooh. I think that's a good underdog. That's a really so good I underdog like your, bet. Uh, you heard it here. There's some extra bets you can make. Um, this Sunday, if you're one of the crazy people that, like, right when we drop it, you listen. We got some Which out we there. We love that. We love that. We, we got some that. out there. Thank you for that. That's why we're way. on time. That's it, why we're on time this exactly. time. Exactly. We we're needed trying. it. We needed it. We trying. We trying. At the main event, we had Donald Cerrone come in at 155 pounds against Ally Quinta. If you're talking about a Night King, Donald Cerrone looked every bit the part. He was sucked out at 155 <laughs> pounds in there. You saw them cheekbones, right? He looked drawn. He looked drawn at weigh-ins. I was nervous. In I, fact, it made me go heavy on out. That's exactly what I was about to say as well. If anything, what it did was make me go heavier on out, and was I wrong? Donald Cerrone, we called it in a few of his other fights, been saying, hey, his mindset's changed. He's not fighting in there for his child. You can see it. He takes his kid everywhere. By the way, baddest-ass little poncho I've seen in a long time. It's fitting. What's it? Little cowboy? What's his name? I don't know. He's making his rounds. Yep. I, I feel like he might be. He might have more Instagram followers than Baby Connor. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> oh, a real. Shit. That's a real oh, bet right there. Oh, that's man. a real bet. So, Donald Cerrone coming in and just looking every no, bit his name's a fighter. Crazy though, like uh, Danger. Is his middle name Danger Jackson or something? Yeah, Jackson Danger, Danger Cerrone. Jackson Danger or Cerrone. Something like that. But it is, his middle name is Danger. Which good job, Dad. Good job. Wow. <laughs> You're going to have some broken arms. But that was Donald Cerrone. I mean, he impaled himself on a motorbike when he was 20 years old and still had a illustrious fight career, being one of the most winningest fighters, having the most knockdowns. And UFC history, Donald Cerrone broke that record over the weekend. First time Ally Akinta's ever been dropped in a fight that was with Donald Cerrone in that fourth round. But if there was a f round that Donald Cerrone ended up winning it was that or that ally akinta ended up winning it was that second round and it, there wasn't really much that went on coming into the third fourth and fifth don Cerrone just did more of the same i'll look good in there but that jab that distance the front kick teep as well from donald Cerrone came all the way up the pipe and got al under the chin i mean it was a showing out for donald Cerrone. I find I went with Al, went with a favorite, didn't work out. It was a rough night of bets, but I'm not mad at it. That was a great main event. The fact that Al stayed alive in there just proves that he's not necessarily fighting for the money. Al's a guy that you can bet on because he's not going to quit in there even if he's losing a fight. And I admire that. I got to take something away from that. Donald Cerrone's just a force right now. He's probably making his best shot at a tie run, and it's deservedly so because... Remember what Al did to Kevin Lee? 
I'll destroy Kevin Lee. Destroy. I'll, I'll walk through Kevin Lee the way Donald walked through Al. Right? And Kevin Lee, you're, you're like, he's legit too. You know what? Right when the fight started, I thought, God damn, Donald looks large in there. Like, it, I was just thinking he looked all I drawn bet he was 175. Easy. He looked enormous in there. I don't know what happened to his nutritionist. And somebody I saw, I wish I could give credit to it online, said ever since Donald left uh, Jackson Wink, he's been having the best years of his life. And I just, UFC Ottawa, if I had to name this fight something, I ate my words. I ate my words with every fight, and I didn't mind eating him about Donald Cerrone. He is in the prime of his career. He looks better than he's ever looked. Everything's come together for him. He kept him at distance. He took a good amount of damage. He picked his shots wisely. He picked Al apart. And I know Al likes to take some shots, and he doesn't mind taking a certain amount of damage. There was even a time in there that I was like, I didn't even want to say it out loud. I'm like, Al's corner could throw in the towel. I agree with that. He was getting picked apart at times. And Donald there. looked so great everywhere, and I want to just be like, fade Al. No, I don't nope. fade Al. Al's still a winner. Um, and I want to be like, eh, maybe Al's plateaued. No, I don't think that. I think Al beats a lot of the guys. I think he's in a solid top five of this division, which I think it's probably the meatiest division in the whole UFC. So I'm like, what on God's green earth? And the number one thing I mocked is I'm like, oh, in air quotes, the dad Cerrone, Papa Cerrone yep. fighting for the kid. And God dang, I think, I think I think that might be it. There's some there's something magic going on with Donald and it yep. has to be something primordial, something primal, something bigger than something energy, something bigger, something bigger. And he just has put it all together and I am not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. How can you hate Donald Cerrone? Totally agreed. Go on. One of the fun facts I saw over the weekend, over the last seven events, six of seven underdogs have won the main event. Donald Cerrone included one of them. Wow. One of those. That's wow, pretty unreal. That We've been a part of a couple of those with Masvidal in there. Also, Hermanson. Those are two of the biggest favorites of all of those six. And we were on some of those biggest favorites. So, guess what? We got time to turn it around. We got cards around the corner. We got money to be made. Yeah, yeah, I feel it too. I'm just, I'm really excited about Donald Cerrone. The only thing that I didn't like that he did. I'm going to give him one critique. Please. Hey, dude. Stop throwing your shine away by calling out Connor at the end of the Oh, I agree a million percent. Come on, Connor. Let's do it, bud. Yeah, just call out Khabib. I think right now you just fought a good fight. His nose looked like he was going to be this big tomorrow. Chill out. Take a breather. Let, um, you know, you still, if either you take a fight in between and try to start calling out Tony Ferguson, which would have been the smarter fucking call out than a guy that everyone's waiting to see even if he's going to be allowed to fight. And you know that Dustin Poirier is trying to wait for November to fight Khabib because he's not even ready to fight until then. So either call Dustin or Tony out and start calling out the real guy. I think all you guys, Cowboy's one of the bigger names in the sport. Even Agreed. even people that aren't hardcores don't know him. I don't think he needs to do that anymore. I'm kind of over it with fighters. And you know, I'm I I'm, was a fan girl for Connor at one point, but I'm just kind of like Cowboy. You don't need to do that shit anymore. Just fight the fight next fight that'll get you to the title. And I love, you know, that would have been good enough. I I think he walks away like Cowboy. He's looking great right now. I don't think he needs a. F. Connor McGregor. <laughs> I totally agree. I think the UFC is doing just fine without him. I do too. I'm loving everything. I think ESPN's got to be stoked. There's just been exciting fight card after exciting fight card. Um, it's helped me get through my weeks. Totally it's agree. It's helped me get through my weeks. I, I, I'm glad it's kind of been a staple over the last few weeks. I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have fights like locking, locking me down. So 
yeah, I'm loving the UFC, and I'm loving that you guys keep listening to the show. So we'll see you next time. Let me. Thanks for listening to Let Be. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.